The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash midwestpodnet and support us for as little as a dollar a month. Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. We are recording remotely over Discord using a really creepy bear bot named Craig. Uh, And we're going to talk some game news today. But before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K and Gojo for the contributions and all of our patrons. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Ah, okay. Anyways... I don't know who's blowing up the Discord right now, but it's really, it's really ridiculous. Um, what have you guys been playing? Anything? Real, real quick. There's a new episode of the Midwest Film Nerds podcast out covering Avengers Endgame and uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe bracket that we went through. It's like three hours and forty minutes long. So, uh, but wait, how many movies did you watch to do that? I watched 14 of 22 Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. <laughs> so ridiculous. Wow. Over the past, like, three or four weeks, which is why I haven't really played very many video games. But, um, yeah, so that's out there. Go listen to that. And then the horror movie yearbook guys did a movie from 1975 called Race with the Devil. It's a great episode. Go give that a listen as well. Cool. Oh, and there's a Westworld trailer that came out, and it looks great. I uh, saw that that was released in 2020. I didn't know that that was a real thing. I thought it was like a fake thing, and then I saw that it was actually posted by HBO. So I haven't watched it yet. But see, I was confused today because I read an article that it was part of the last Game of Thrones episode, but I don't remember seeing any sort of trailer. Yeah, I didn't see it until um, until after, like, I saw it on Reddit after the episode had aired. But I think. I don't know. They played like two epi- two trailers for other shows after the episode instead yeah. of like yeah. So I don't know if that was random for people or if like the HBO Now and HBO Go were different or maybe it just aired for the people watching on real TV. So I don't know. But anyway, looks good. It's apparently coming in 2020. So hopefully Westworld yeah. FM will be back. Sweet. That would be cool. I listened to that the last time through. Well, thank you. What uh, what have you guys been playing? I I play I, I the only game I've been playing is a game. I'm sorry, Lizzie's barking. <laughs> um. So, God, only when I unmute does she start barking. But anyway, I've been playing a game called Pixel Puzzle Collection. It's a uh, Konami game that's free on iOS, and it's basically that Picross game that I play on Switch, but it's free, and it has a bunch of old-school Konami arcade sprites that you're, like, making with the pixels. So it's fun, and it's free, and people should download it and find out what Picross is, because it's awesome. Right on. But that's all I've been playing. What's that called? It's called... 
if you search for uh, Pixel Puzzle Collection or Konami Pixel Puzzle Collection on the App Store on iOS, it's there. I don't know if it's out on Android or not, but it should be. I don't see why it wouldn't be. So, uh, Okay, cool. It's cool. I haven't found any places for microtransactions in it either. There's basically just like... Every once in a while, you can. Every three hours, you can do a boss puzzle, which is typically bigger and a little more challenging. And then that just resets every three hours. There's not even a way to like pay to make it so that you can do it again faster. You just have to wait. So mm-hmm. uh, it's great, and they're not nickel and diming people on it, and it's awesome. So check that out. Right Konami on. Pixel Puzzle Collection. That's all I've been playing, Brian. Um, well, I went to New Orleans on vacation, so I did bring my Switch with me, and all I really felt like playing was Into the Breach, so I bought that again, so I played that a bit, and it's still good. Uh, it plays great on the Switch. In fact, I, in some strange way, I think I enjoy playing it more on there than I do on my PC. I, a game like that just feels better handheld for some reason. Yeah, it's like I don't even—I don't think I'd want to play it on my TV or anything. I just like playing it on handheld. Yeah, it's just like it just works. It just works really well. Um. Yeah, did a little bit more of Dishonored, Death of the Outsider when I was home, and a lot more Forza Horizon Four. That seems to be my fallback right now. It's, Instead of like Destiny Two or The Division, yeah, it's I've like been... my my go to when I don't feel like thinking about shit. Yeah, Brian and I were talking today about how like we'd love to pick up The Division again, but it feels like we need more people to play, and especially now that the raid's out and it needs eight people. If we don't have eight people to play, it's not going to be that fun, and I don't want to deal with LFG really. So I've yeah. gotten like kind of tempted to pick it up but every time i think about picking it up i think about how much work it's going to be to like get to where i need to be to do the raid and then i decide not to pick it up i i I mean i don't know i don't it's not that bad and i mean we can always help you through it but yeah but i I, you also have a ton of shit going on so i wouldn't i'd maybe wait until later yeah i i played more mortal kombat 9 again my tolerance for fighting games is very low, so I only like <laughs> win a couple fights and then I'll lose once and I'll quit. <laughs> That's good. Well, eventually I'll finish the story. <laughs> when by the time Mortal Kombat 12 is out, you'll finish Mortal Kombat 9. Yeah, there you go. Good plan. Well, I almost finished 10, actually. Yeah, that's true. Not enough huge dudes in that one, though. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Anyways. I just keep trying to play a bunch of games and bouncing off of all of them. I'm just not really in the mood for anything. Yeah, I feel like we're all kind of in like a gaming ADD kind of thing right now. So I it's a little... think what I really want is Borderlands 3. I think that's all I want this year. I am... Um... I keep toying with the idea of picking up Dreams, like the early access beta or whatever it is, um, just so I can futz around with it and kind of see what's in there. But it's all—it's a—it's 
it, it feels like a chore in a different way than the division would. And that like, I feel like learning the creation tool would probably be like extremely intimidating, even though I know they have a lot of like really nice yeah. tutorials and things like that in it. Uh, Cause they're always really good at that. Even like in like little big planet, there was a lot to sit through and learn how to play the game and use the tools in it. But um, I don't know. I keep thinking about it and then not doing it, but at some point here, something's going to come out that I'm going to want to play, but it might not be until like Crash Team Racing is out next month or Super Mario Maker 2. I definitely, that's another must-get game for me this year is Super Mario Maker 2. Yeah, that, that and that sounds like it's going to be great. We'll probably talk about that, some of the new features that are coming in that shortly. But um, Oh, we're definitely yeah. going to have to get Crash Team Racing. Oh, for sure. Without a doubt. See, I never played Crash Team Racing, but you guys seem to speak very highly of it, so I'm willing to oh, give it a try. I, I like Mario Kart games, so I'd I probably prefer like it over it. Mario Kart all day. Me too. Me too. I like racing games in general. So It's one of those games similar to like Smash Brothers, where if you play it with Corey, he'll he'll like make the most ridiculous noises while you're kicking <laughs> his ass. Will that then... be on Switch? Sorry. I think, so, yeah. I think it's on everything, yeah. But, um, but yeah, he, like he'll just make the most ridiculous noises as you're kicking his ass, and then when he like flips the script and like does something awesome, he'll like jump out of his chair and yell really loud, like that kind of thing. Like that sounds about right. That's how it was whenever we played as kids. So I just well, I'm, lo- um, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I'm I hope they. Uh, I'm trying to see if they have any information out here about like what's actually going to be in the game, but I remember doing like controller passing round robin stuff with like Carrie and Corey and you and Andy and like everybody like we played a lot of that game and it was just this I got it because I think either I think it was Andy Andy found a copy of it at like Blockbuster for yeah it was like super bought it for me for Christmas and I was like what the fuck is this shit I don't care about this and then I played it and I was like holy shit this is amazing and then we just played it forever so right I I'm I'm excited to see what they do with the remake and I hope they don't like tweak things too much but it looks like they're trying to stay pretty faithful to it so it's one of those games that I don't really think needs to be tweaked other than just update the graphics so it's not really a new game it's like a well a re- it looks- remake kind of it looks like, I mean, yeah, it certainly is a remake, I, and, and I think, like, I think they probably have to make it from the ground up, considering they're going off of the like PlayStation One architecture with it. But the maps look extremely similar, and it seems like a pretty faithful remake. But it also looks like it might move a little bit faster than the original did, which is good because it feels a little sluggish if you try and go back to it today. But it's actually kind of good. I'm looking at the game release schedule, and it's good that the games that we want to play are coming later in the month. Like Bloodstained is uh, June 25th for Switch. Uh, tw- June 18th I don't for remember PS4 what that is. Xbox One and PC. And then Crash Team Racing is June 21st, and then Super Mario Maker is June 28th, because earlier in the month we have E3. Yeah. So it's good that the games we want to play are coming later in the month. So. There will be quite a bit to talk about. Bloodstained, Brian, is the like Castlevania Symphony of the Night uh, successor. Okay. Yeah, I'm really pumped oh. for that. Yeah. So anyway, we're not playing a lot right now, but 
there's stuff on the horizon, so. Indeed. So anyways, let's get to some uh, some news bits. All right. What's our first news bit? Are you just going in order? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can you can take the lead if you want to take us through things, but yeah, I mean, we'll start with the EA Access subscription service is coming to PS4. Uh it's going to be 29.99 a year and it uh what does it say? It's coming in July according to EA. And it will have uh, access to trials of new games and a library of existing games as part of their vault. Um, it'll be $4.99 per month, $29.99 annually. Same price as how it is on the Xbox One. Uh, pretty basic. Uh, this way, if you don't feel like buying Anthem because the game is terrible, you can now just pay to play for 10 hours of it, I guess, and then mm-hmm. decide if you want to invest more. But the internet I seems think... to think Anthem is dead, so maybe that's not worth it. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, you'll also get access to Battlefront 2 and Burnout Paradise Remastered, the Sims 4, Battlefield 1. So there's yeah, a there's bunch a of other stuff other in the really vault. Games, yeah, sure. there's a lot of really good games in the vault. And they just added a bunch more. Like they actually added Into the Breach, I believe, and FTL um, and a bunch of other cool indie games. The only thing that sucks is that... Um, well, I guess that be, would be on PS4, but whatever. Yeah, the, the library is going to be a little bit smaller on PS4 as compared to the 360 and the PC, but mostly the... Or not 360, the Xbox One, because the Xbox One offers a lot more backwards-compatible 360 stuff, so obviously the PlayStation 3 stuff isn't necessarily going to be compatible on the PS4. But right. uh, still a nice deal, especially if you're one of those people that like picks up the new Madden or NBA or NHL every year, because pretty sure you get like early access to the uh, to the game, mm-hmm. or at least the trial version of the game, and then you get the full thing, you know, when it comes out or whatever. Yeah, so it's it's cool. It's weird that it took them this long to get to it, but I think it was Sony's fault. I think Sony was like, we don't really know if we want that. And now they're like, okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, next up, you've got uh, U.S. Senator introduces bill to ban loot boxes and pay-to-win microtransactions. Uh, Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri today announced that a bill would, be- would ban loot boxes and pay-to-win microtransactions in games played by minors, a broad label that the senator says will include both games designed for kids under 18 and games whose developers knowingly allow minors to not minor players to engage in microtransactions. Um, they're calling it the protection, protecting children from abusive games act. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and, yeah, go ahead. Try, try that one. <laughs> uh, the main, the main example they used to, to bring, to bring the bill to light was, uh, candy crush. And it has a $150 luscious bundle that comes with a whole bunch of goodies. <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling all of this from a Kotaku, uh, a Kotaku article by Jason Schreier. So just looking bundle. at that game's graphics makes me want to vomit. Luscious bundle is. is my new PlayStation. <laughs> That's your username. Yeah. Mm, I'm the luscious bundle. <laughs> sure, that not your porn name. Yeah, that too. It's his furry name. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I, my furry suit is actually a a group of a, a bundle of furry animals. I don't know. 
No, it, that's the name of like uh, your. It's your furry band. Like you're a band of furries that <laughs> plays furry music at furry conventions. I just want to state for the record that I am not a furry. <laughs> never, that's exactly never, what a furry would say. Never, never will be. <laughs> <laughs> never say never, my friend. <laughs> oh man, you may find a furry costume that really piques your interest. You never know. I don't think um, so. So, anyways. Uh, that's it's good they're doing this because uh, I think we can all agree that microtransactions all suck ass, so we're not a huge fan of them. <laughs> I like them in certain aspects. Certain games do them right. Rainbow Six, for instance, does microtransactions perfectly fine. Uh, it's definitely not a pay-to-win situation, so hopefully this doesn't affect games like that, um, even though Rainbow Six does have a bit of a lottery system to it when, uh, uh, when, you, you, when you use your... Uh, your whatchamacallit, uh, alpha packs are somewhat like yeah. randomized, but I have a feeling this won't go through anyway. So yeah, there hasn't been a this this came out what uh, May eighth, so it's not there hasn't been a whole lot of traction afterwards. But also on top of that, like the whole um, distinction of games played by minors makes it seem like something that would be somewhat easily circumventable by them being like, oh, guess what? Fortnite is rated mature now. Right. And then, like, well, yeah. And the video game lobby group, it says at the bottom there's an update. It says the video game lobby group uh, is looking forward to sharing with the senator all the tools and information that the industry already provides to keep control of these sorts of things. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I, I think uh, we can all agree that this could be beneficial for everybody. Yeah, well, and it's also kind of tough because it's like, I mean, probably it's hard because the word loot box has become such a pejorative, like we immediately think of it as bad, but it's also kind of um, worrisome to think of the fact that there would be government regulations on making video games as well. Like, yeah, I suppose. So, uh, yeah, so like it's, it's, I, I, you know, we could think of it as good right now and then it could turn into something bad or like vice versa or whatever. So, I don't know. It's just interesting that somebody took a position on it and like took it to the Senate. Like, it is clearly getting more attention um, here in the U.S. since there's already like other countries that have like, you know, the this ESA statement says, you know, Ireland, Germany, Sweden, all these other countries have already deemed that loot boxes do not constitute gambling. So, you know, the ESA is like, the U.S. should realize this too, but um, clearly that's still a discussion that's going to continue happening. Right. So, Cool. All right, next up, they announced a new Ghost Recon. Mm-hmm. It looks really, really awesome. It's called, it's Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Mm-hmm. And it is a some form of like survival style Ghost Recon game, uh, very solo based, according to what I've been reading about it. Um, um, it's still very much a co-op game, too, from what I've heard. I've heard it plays a lot like Metal Gear Solid, so. <laughs> but you can play the whole thing co-op, from what I understand, just like the other games. I'll take co-op Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> 
Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. it looks really Forward sweet. There, I, I really dig in the trailer that I saw. They showed off some of the camouflage system, which had the character like laying down in the mud and like going all Arnold Schwarzenegger Predator. Uh, sounds very <laughs> Metal Gear too. Right? It, it looks super badass. Um, and John Bernthal is going to be in it, which is pretty cool. So it's like you're Isn't fighting he, the like, Punisher, the but not the Punisher. Yeah, he does play the villain. Um, but yeah, it it uh, let's see. The island sitting Ghost Recon Breakpoint is instead home to Silicon Valley Settlers, a drone tech company known as Skell Technology has set up its headquarters there. But Aurora and Skell have been invaded, and the tech workers there are all being held hostage by a group of ex-ghosts, rogue operatives named the Wolves, led by Cole D. Walker, John Bernthal. The Wolves have cut off all communication to the outside world and assume control of Skell's uh, drone fleet. They plan on doing bad things, according to this Polygon article. Uh, and that's where the ghosts come in, and that's where things go horribly wrong. So, yeah, this uh, if anybody gets a chance, I, I'll probably throw these links in the uh, the show notes so they can check it out. But the trailer is in there, and it looks really, really cool. Um, again, we're, I'm sure we're falling victim to the typical Ubisoft, Ubisoft thing where they make the game look way better than it's going to actually end up in terms, <laughs> in terms of graphics and things like that, which tends to be the case. Um, with their with their previews and things like that but it uh this this game looks really cool and i still want to go back and play through more of wildlands with people uh, mm-hmm. i feel like i never quite got enough of that game so um yeah this one definitely has a lot of survival elements i watched a, some gameplay of it and like you have to like dress your wounds and stuff um, like the dudes, you can slide down hills and shit and then like break your leg and have to fix it and stuff. Sounds That's like Snake cool. Eater. Yeah. Yeah, um, there, there were a lot of comparisons to, uh, to Snake Eater. I also heard that it's kind of, um, it's a little bit siege-ish because they're making, like the ghosts are going to have different abilities and then they're going to continue adding new ghosts to the game that you can play oh. and have different like strengths and weaknesses kind of thing going on. That's um, cool. So that sounded pretty sweet as well. But yeah, It also looks like there's a class system too. Assault. Yeah, uh, that, that, yeah that might classes. be. Is that what you're thinking? That, yeah, that might be what I'm referring to. I, re- I, I only like, I was listening to people talk about it on like Waypoint and, and Giant Bomb and stuff like that. So, um, but no, it sounded pretty cool. And it sounded even, it sounded more, it sounded like there'd be more to it than, you know, I've played a little bit of Wildlands not enough to like be an authority on it, but there was not a whole lot. It felt like to see- sink my teeth into, like there were certainly like tech that you could unlock and like unlock different versions of abilities. And yeah. things. the idea that there's like more specialized, um, you know, classes to play around with and, and to like play off of each other. Sounds, sounds pretty cool. So, yeah, I mean, what made wildlands fun was that you could, explore an open world and you know cram four people into a like a pickup and drive around bolivia and do stupid things or actually you know accomplish missions but there wasn't like any mind-blowing gameplay elements to that but this one looks like there's more to it i I feel like wildlands was always more game than i wanted to play at the time that i was playing it like it seemed like it just had way too much going on, but it, it always seemed really cool. And I liked 
that it was almost like the division meets rainbow six in terms of like it's third person, but it's one shot kill. And Mm -hmm. like, it just, it has a cool balance to it for a tactical game, which is, which is pretty sweet. Um, And speaking to the Bolivia thing, like that was part of the backlash of wildlands was that it, and the country was apparently really pissed about that, which is why this new game has a made up uh, Island that they're using. Cause they don't Probably want to like, push anyone's buttons. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess, but I mean, like if, you know, you're playing a video game, there's, you got to suspend the disbelief a little bit, I suppose. But they should just put it in New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> suspend that disbelief no the other thing i heard this is also um kind of we're we're right at the point where breath of the wild is old enough that people like the games that were influenced by it are starting to come out uh rage 2 which none of us picked up apparently starts out in a very yeah, open my place where you can go and do whatever the hell you want and obviously that was kind of a thing in the first wildlands as well but I heard, especially with like the their uh, like uh, crafting type stuff and what Brian was saying about the survivally type things in this game, uh, people were making even more Breath of the Wild comparisons to it as well, which sounds great. I'm excited to see what people do and improve on that that they learned from like Nintendo in terms of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it comes out October fourth. There's gonna have the Ubisoft's gonna have more information at E3 this year, so look forward to us talking about that some more when they drop in information at E3. I guess um, there's three games I want this year. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sega confirms ten more Genesis mini games, including a rare Mega Man. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So the, new, the new titles they. They announced were Mega Man, The Wily Wars, Street Fighter II Special Champion Edition, Ghouls and Ghosts, Alex Kidd and the Enchanted Castle, Beyond Oasis, Golden Axe, Fantasy Star 4, The End of the Millennium, Sonic the Hedgehog Spinball, Vector Man, Wonder Boy, and Monster World. Um, this is pretty think- cool. Uh, beyond Seeing Beyond Oasis on that list is kind of exciting. I'm sure yes, you're pretty I, pumped about that. I was going to say, I think with uh, in the in addition to Shining Force, which is previously announced, this thing alone will have at least two of our must-play 50, 50 games every gamer should play that we did yep. back on episode 50. So that's awesome. Um, uh, I think this is a really good lineup overall. It has some of my favorites, like the, the full lineup, like Streets of Rage 2 is definitely one of my all-time favorite Genesis games. Oh yeah, no, it's it's incredible. Like like those two games, I think are standouts for me. But everything that they've listed here so far is something that I feel like I would love to play again. Yeah, um, there was also some recent news. Um, so Sega, yeah, at the bottom of this poly- Polygon article, it says Sega also announced that the retro bit Sega Genesis six button controller will be released in August with a twenty dollar price tag. So if you don't, if you want to use the six button game pad with the games that can use it like street fighter two beyond oasis and comic zone you'll be able to buy the controllers and they're usb controllers so you'd be able to use them with emulators and stuff too nice um, so you won't be stuck with the doofy looking three button controller that came out uh oh, yeah. but to speak to the Mega Man game briefly um that game was never officially released on cartridge in the U.S. You could only get it through the Sega channel. 
which I don't know if people know what the Sega channel is, but basically you were able to, um, you, you would order the Sega channel through your like cable service and you would get sent a cartridge that you could download games to through your cable connection. Whoa, that's ahead of the times. It, it blows my mind, but either way. So this game was only released that way originally and it is actually it's it's not like crazy because it's mostly just Mega Man 1 2 and 3 but the thing about it is that there's like a few extra things and they also kind of redid some of the graphics too so um it's just kind of crazy that this game will be like easily accessible for people finally in the mm-hmm. United States so yeah pretty rad indeed Next up, we've got, uh, after a long delay, Steam Link finally supports Apple Apple iOS devices. Stream directly to your iPhone or iPad or Apple TV. No other device needed. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah, I haven't had any time to play with this yet, but I'm excited. I I still haven't even set up my actual Steam Link device. (laughs) I I don't know where it is in my house. (laughs) Um, It's around here. I know where mine is. It's collecting dust. Um, and I, I haven't used my PlayStation link on my iPad since I tried it out the first time, which is a little bit disappointing because now I went to, I went to like try it again over the weekend while I was sitting at work and wanted to play some video games on my iPad. And, uh, I had to log in and couldn't remember my fucking password. So, (laughs) um, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, Mostly, I'm curious to see if they will update it to start, like especially on the Apple TV. If my Apple TV 4K can can stream games in 4K, um, you know, cool. I would I would need a better graphics card in order to do that anyway. But uh, if they'll kind of keep up with with the tech that way, that would be pretty sweet. But I'm not sure if that's really possible as of yet, or if they have yet. I mean. Well, if you're streaming 4K games at like 30 frames, your card's totally fine for that. No, yeah, that's and that's fine. But you know, I'd want to do it in 60 or 144. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's cool yeah. that everybody can get this now without having to buy. Like it's free for your iOS devices. So I just um, wonder, like, how I could play these games like interface wise. So you can use the, any of the MFI made, made for iOS. Um, yeah. There's like two. Yeah. Like the, the cloud series <laughs> Nimbus that John, John spoke about. Which previously. Is, I guess the best one. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think um, it almost like between this and the Sony, the, the PlayStation, thing for the iPad. I'm kind of like, eh, maybe I could buy one of those, but I I don't know how much I would use it anyway. So I don't use mine a ton, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So But it's uh, why I mean, why would I when I'm most at home? Yeah. Directly on my PC, like no need for me to stream it, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyways, uh next up, Microsoft and Sony form cloud gaming and AI partnership. 
So this came out of nowhere, and it actually came so far out of left field that Sony's PlayStation department didn't even know it was happening. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard anything about that, but that's been in the in the news as of today. Like this no, surprised literally the entire PlayStation department that they were doing this. <laughs> so um, basically. The two companies are going to explore joint development of future cloud solutions in Microsoft Azure to support their respective game and content streaming services, Microsoft said in a statement, according to The Verge. Um, These efforts will also include building better development platforms for the content creator community, which sounds like both Sony and Microsoft are planning to partner on future services aimed at creators and the gaming community. So that's pretty cool. They're working together to help gamers. Like, that's interesting. I think we can all kind of get behind that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, if they're going to do all this cloud stuff, they might as well, you know, like do cross saves and shit. That'd be nice. It'll be very cool if that if if this leads to built out cross play and cross platform play. I mean, but uh, kind of yet to be seen. This seems pretty pretty early on. It mostly seems like a big middle finger to Google and Amazon. <laughs> Yeah, I think this yeah. is a huge. This is going to be a huge shift. Um, this is them fighting back against Google Stadia, is yeah. what I see. So yeah, I think they're just both trying to help each other get a leg up on the streaming games. Which either way, I own AMD stock, so hopefully, because <laughs> because uh, PlayStation all runs on AMD architecture, and so does Stadia. So. <laughs> We'll just I, see how all that flows. So you've hedged your bet. Yeah, I just read that AMD is back in the Fortune 500. Good for them. I'll have to buy some more. Support them. <laughs> Tesla's down, if anybody's wondering. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, anyways, no. this is pretty cool. This this could lead to some pretty awesome, uh, you know, partnership between the two companies. Uh, and and again, like I th- I think this is their way to fight back specifically against Stadia because it's like they said, the main focus seems to be right now on content creation, which is part of Stadia's whole gimmick is that you content creators playing through Stadia are able to interact more closely and faster with your audience. So maybe this is something that'll go along the same lines as that, where like you're playing playing on a PlayStation and you're streaming online through Twitch or something. And I don't, I don't know. I'm just kind of spitballing, but maybe it'll offer the same opportunity where you can queue up people watching you to play along with you or something like that. So, well, it looks like this was an agreement made between the presidents of the two companies, not just like Phil Spencer, Xbox chief, whatever his title actually is. And, I don't know who's over at Sony heading up PlayStation. I can't remember his name, but um, like this agreement, the Verge article also says they're also uh, going to collaborate on semiconductors and artificial intelligence and including image sensor solutions that use Microsoft's Azure AI and Sony using Microsoft's AR platform in its consumer products. So uh, it sounds like it reaches more than just the PlayStation and Xbox side of things. So, um, but yes, hopefully we'll feel I, those effects as well. And in the I'm gaming, I'm looking forward to having Cortana on my PlayStation. <laughs> Great. Yep. All right. Next up, Super Mario Maker 2 will have co-op play and a huge amount of new features. 
I don't yeah, know what yes. features. You guys will have so, to talk about that. So there was a ton of stuff. They put out a 17-minute Mario Maker Direct on the 15th and um, showed off a bunch of these new features, especially things like the, as you said, co-op play. You can play with up to four people in one round uh, or one level. Um, and a bunch of other like new tools and background sets and stuff like that. Uh, they have a lot of like ser- fan service that they're bringing in from like like little things that were missing from the first Mario Maker that they're adding in. Like the Angry Sun from Mario Three is now going to be something you can utilize. Uh, they put in like a night mode, so you can switch any of the levels to like a night version where things kind of behave differently than they would have during the day version. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, they've made it so that you can set win conditions for levels. So instead of it just being you get to the end of the level, you can make it, oh, you have to collect this particular mushroom or you have to get this many coins or like something like that. Um, so that seems like it opens up a lot more possibilities. Um, they added in a Super Mario 3D land or 3D world tile set which is extremely different than the previous tile sets in the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't even like flip that one back and forth like you can the others, but it does offer like a whole completely new set of tools to play with as well, so that's cool. Um, and, I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff that they came up with. One of the other things that seemed really cool is the ability to do co-op building. So I don't think it's... Uh, oh. I don't think you can do it over the internet. I think it's only couch co-op. But you can have two people building in the same level at the same time uh, using, you know, separate Joy-Cons or different controllers. And that seemed like it might be something that uh, people would have a lot of fun with. So, yeah. It seems like something we should do to offer an official. Something people will fight over. (laughs) I think we we should fight over it on Twitch. Absolutely. The f- I think the main thing that's awesome here is that this seems like a full-fledged sequel. It's not just like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe where they're like, hey, Mario Maker's on the yeah. Switch now. Like They're actually putting work into um, making it, giving it new features and stuff like that for the Switch. So, and Another big thing I'm reading here is it's going to have a single-player story mode. Yes, that too. That too. So there are actual levels created by Nintendo people that I, I assume will like serve to feed you ideas and things like that um, mm-hmm. to, to make. But uh, no, I, it, it seems great. I think uh, I think the the new features look awesome, and I'm excited to pick it up and play some of the crazy levels that that people come up with. Right on. Yeah. All right, Microsoft announces Minecraft Earth, a Minecraft version of Pokemon Go. Uh, this sounds terrible, <laughs> but um, okay. I know a lot of people are really into Minecraft. Josh, for instance, uh, Fuzzy Bojangles, is very into Minecraft. He has his own server, um, which makes me kind of want to check it out. But at the same time, like I don't really think I need to do that. Um, <laughs> It could be addictive, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, or I might have to, like, me too myself out of the server or something, because God only knows what he's done in there. Um, <laughs> so what is what is this, actually? So, like- essentially, um, 
I'm just I'm going to read it from the Kotaku article. In a move that's equal parts surprising and inevitable and brilliant, Microsoft today announced Minecraft Earth, an augmented reality game that will let people build all sorts of blocky creations as they're walking down streets and trying not to get hit by cars. It'll be out later this year for phones <laughs> with a beta hitting this summer. And then they show off a trailer, uh, which is undoubtedly going to take over the world and lead to all sorts of wild stories. The developers at Mojang say you'll be able to gather resources, build castles, and fight off creepers and other terrifying mobs, just like you can in a real game. <laughs> and real creepers. Looks rad, according to Jason Schreier. <laughs> when you go um, into the wrong neighborhood. Yeah, so it just looks like you will be able to like build things in the real world. So this is kind of cool because I know there were like other augmented reality apps on smartphones a, like a while ago where like you could walk into a bar and like have you could point your camera using this app up at the wall and you would see like messages people had left on like the walls of like buildings and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, so it's similar to that, I think. But in, instead of it just being like messages, it's you're actually building things in the real world. So that's interesting. That's cool. It's uh, I feel like it's gonna be one of those. It, it'll be the same sort of thing like when Pokemon Go, and my one of my murals in, around town was actually made into a gym, and I was constantly fighting people to keep uh keep leadership over my gym because it was my <laughs> mural, and I had to keep fighting the same kids over and over again to take over because they would just constantly beat me. Um, and then I just had to stop playing the game because I wasn't doing my work. Uh, so <laughs> I feel like this will be similar where like someone's going to try and, and keep destroying things that I build and it's going to make me angry and I'm going to not get anything done because I'm going to be so focused on rebuilding the shit that people destroy. That's mine. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, it, good for Minecraft for getting on this sort of thing. I do know, like, I haven't played Pokemon Go since it was released, really. So I don't know what that game has become. But yeah. Ma- Maddie Myers from Kotaku has been replaying through it again, like, with her and her girlfriend have been playing it a ton. And, like, she's, like, loving it, um, especially because she's also been playing, I believe, Let's Go on her uh, Switch. So she's been able to tie in her Pokemon uh, from Pokemon Go to the Pokemon Let's Go version. So I, I don't know, man. This could be cool. I, I Maybe we'll see some kind of integration as well. Minecraft Earth into regular Minecraft too. Like maybe you score extra materials or something for using Minecraft Earth. Who knows? Um, but it'll, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting, I think. Any other thoughts on that, guys? No? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't know. It sounds pretty wild to me. Just being able to like look through your mobile device and see Minecraft buildings out in the world. Yeah. I assume that's what that'll be like. Yeah. Sounds no, like I... it'll kill batteries very quickly. Yep. For sure. <laughs> that's why I gave up on Pokemon Go immediately. It was it would kill my battery in like 20 minutes. You just gotta get a new phone. The new phones have bigger batteries. Oh, I did. But now I have a phone with a screen so small that I don't want to play any games on it. <laughs> which is fine because i play enough games i don't need to be playing games everywhere right so anyways that's all we had for like picked out news bits unless you have some other one yeah i i forgot to add into the thing here so there was another sony playstation state of play um that happened on may 9th there were some 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 big things that happened. I'll go over some of them real quick. Uh, the game called Riverbond that we talked about on our PAX episodes is coming to PlayStation at some point this year. 
Uh, it's a voxel shoot and slash game, uh, but they're bringing a bunch of indie indie uh, indie game stars. People like the guy from uh, Juan from Guacamelee and uh, Hollow Knight. Or no, not Hollow Knight. Um, what's his name? Shovel Knight. Yeah. So there's cool. there's a bunch of other indies that you'll be able to play as inside of that game, which is cool. Uh, there's this game called Away that seems weird. Uh, the Monster Hunter Iceborne um, DLC is coming to PlayStation 4 on September 6th. They showed some new details on that. Um, there's the, the, the folks behind Friday the 13th are making a Predator game called Predator Hunting Grounds. And um, that sounds super cool to me. I'm, I'm ready. I can't. I'm excited. We'll get the old uh, Friday the 13th gang back together. Yeah, Nick Nick said John needs to saddle up for that one. So, um. (sighs) (laughs) yeah, it should last about five minutes. The game will last about five minutes before it gets like pulled (laughs) off the fucking shelves again for being a copywritten franchise of some sort. No, they're working with them this time. I thought they were working with the company who did Friday the 13th, too. It's it's complicated with Jason's related stuff, I think. Yeah, Jason's Jason's been passed around a couple times. I think Predator's always been fine. He really gets around. It'll be a little bit easier. Uh they they also announced that the medieval remake that nobody asked for is coming out on October twenty fifth, twenty nineteen. So that's cool, I guess. But most importantly, they showed off the first gameplay footage of the Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, what'd you guys think of that? Um, it looks like Final Fantasy VII, how I remember it in my head. But I know <laughs> if I saw it, it would look like ass. Like, yep. <laughs> so I guess they did a good job with it visually. John, what so do you think? I have a few opinions about this because Final Fantasy VII is a game that is pretty near and dear to what made me become a gamer. And I, it, while I love the original game, I have not touched it in God knows how long. I did debate purchasing the the uh, the remaster on Switch over the weekend, but I did not do it. Uh, I'm a little concerned over the battle system. It looks like it's going to be a lot like Crisis Core, but I could be totally wrong about that. If anybody played Crisis Core, you'll remember it's a little. It's not the active time battle system, but it's more of a, a Kingdom uh, Hearts. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts hack and slash sort of thing, but like not as annoying, I guess, as your typical hack and slash. Some people um, said it looked a lot like Final Fantasy fifteen as well, which I haven't played any of. But I, I know, only, and that's the thing. I only played like five minutes of fifteen because it just—I don't know—I couldn't get into it. It was not—I did not like it. Well, five minutes in, you probably weren't even out of the first cinematic. Yeah, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the opening cinematic was a half hour long. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I, made, I made that up. I don't actually remember. I, I probably, probably skipped is. it. Um, but so there are certain aspects of the story of Final Fantasy VII. I feel like we're how many twenty five years out since that game came out? Twenty years, something like that. <laughs> Am I allowed to talk about spoilers in this story? Or I don't yeah, remember. Really there, there was like what big, is what is the statute of limitations on this sort of thing? There was a big thing on Waypoint about this, but my whole thing is as long as you claim you're going to spoil it, 
and let people know so they have the option to turn it off. You can okay, I'll, you I'll take my it. headset off just in case I ever want to play. Okay. All right. Are you taking it off now? It's off. All right. So his headset's off. All right. So <laughs> the uh, I'm spoiling something now, everyone. Um, so the the death of Eris, which is a pretty pivotal part of the entire game, it, when you see it in like these <laughs> these goofy like voxel looking characters on PlayStation One, like you don't really think much of it, and like the FMVs that they show are not super intense, like it's not like super realistic looking. This is like more realistic looking, and I think when when Eris actually gets killed. I'll probably actually cry. <laughs> like I have a feeling I may shed legitimate tears. It's making me tear up just talking about it right now. Um, because she's such a beloved character. I had, there were a bunch of people online talking about like, Oh, it'd be great if like they could bring, you know, you bring her back. And I'm like, if, no. if they change things about the story of this game, then I'm not interested at all in playing it. If they could just leave the story alone, if anything, maybe clean up some of that bad Japanese to English translation that they had originally and make it so like people of this side of the world can actually understand what's going on a little bit better. I think that will be helpful. But other yeah. than that, like I don't like just please don't fuck up the story is all I, I'm begging you, Squaresoft, please don't fuck up the story. See and Brian, are you there? He probably just left. But anyway, I don't know when he's going to know to come back. Maybe he's just going I'll to message bed. him. Go ahead. Um, Jump uh, back in here. I don't know okay. what's going on. That's so. fine. You're good. Yeah, you're good. We're we done. Just, I think I don't think they're going to change much with the story in the regard that you, that you were mentioning. I would hope not. I feel like they would be really dumb to do that. But, um, I, you know, things like the whole... Um, cross-dressing mission that you went on might be something that gets omitted or adjusted or <laughs> something of that sort. That well, sounds that's, great. That's funny because if uh, I, I was listening to the split-screen episode about it and Kirk Hamilton and Maddie Myers were talking about that actually the cross-dressing sequence that happens in the game was actually something that a lot of like the LGBTQ community like they weren't like up in arms about it. They were praising it for giving for, they were like, they're like, Oh my God, like this character is like me kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, uh, but at the, at the same time, I think a lot of it in the game is like cloud reacting to the fact that he feels like it's ridiculous and weird, but I, I don't know. It's been a long time since I played it, but at the same time, I think if they wrote it better, then maybe it would serve an even better purpose. But that's the thing is like maybe like in Japan, I don't know the cultural norms over there necessarily, but I feel like a lot of a lot of the anime that I've watched tends to have like some cross dressing in it at some point. Um, but I feel like in Japan, like the the terrible translation that happens when they move these things to to the United States may have lent itself to making Cloud seem not as into the cross-dressing thing and it being yeah. or whatever. Whereas like he in Japan, he may have been more like, Oh, well, isn't this kind of awkward, but I'm kind of into it, blah, 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 or whatever. Like who knows? Like, yeah, like, it could because they were pandering first, to but, uh, pandering to the American audience to make yeah. it less weird. That's true. So, so yeah, I don't know. 
I think it looks interesting. My interest is peaked. Uh, they still said that they're going to do it episodically, so they'll probably be, you know, three, three, at least three releases of the game, like one for each disc, kind of is what people are thinking. Yeah, and aren't they omitting certain like characters right off the bat? Like Vincent and Yuffie are like well, not quite a hundred percent part of it, or if something. You, uh, well, the thing is, like, if the first, if the first release of the game is the first disc of the game the first disc of the game is midgar you can't even get vincent or yuffie at that point anyway right right so, you, yeah you wouldn't see those disc characters two. until the second game in the trilogy or whatever it's going oh, man to be, i'm so. just gonna buy it on switch and start playing it i just play it now <laughs> the more we're talking about it the more i like miss it yeah uh, so anyway final fantasy 7 <laughs> coming brian do you think you'll check it out when it comes uh, probably not, but just maybe. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I definitely um, will check it out. It's too long. That's fair. Well, it's really it's not, it might not that be. the reason it was split amongst three discs originally. I think was more so due to the fact that it had these elaborate, extensively long FMV movies that would like pop into like push the story forward and like you're watching like that was when like that was the first game that like really pushed like the FMV thing and like made players like holy shit like this is I remember gaming like I just I like I I watched a lot of the game I don't think it's gonna be as long like I plus I think because they're if they're getting rid of the random battles the game's definitely not gonna be as long (laughs) yeah I don't know how that'll work I wonder. Every ten feet, you're yeah. I hate random battles. Fighting something. Anyway, yeah. Um, I had one other story too. This is on Kotaku. It was posted uh, about a half an hour ago. Oh wait, um, hold on. I also they, they better keep the chocobo reading in because that, I love doing that. that. Was fun. oh absolutely yeah. That was that was awesome. That was one of the cool sub like side mission type things you could do. Getting that golden golden chocobo was always Oh man, awesome. that was one of that was my pride and joy. Yeah. And then winning all the races with him too. Oh man. Yep. Was a good um time. Yeah, that's another reason the game was like ten years long. But anyway. Um so Sony apparently had a meeting that the Wall Street Journal's Takashi Mochizuki was at uh tweeting and captured some footage of uh, one scene in a game being loaded on current PlayStation 5 hardware and PlayStation 4 Pro, comparing how long one took compared to the other. Um, and basically, it looks like they show... Like what, the, what Mark Cerny said in the article we talked about previously, that it takes about... Uh, tenth of the time to load the same thing on the new hardware as it does to load it on the current hardware. So it's like my PC has been for the last two years. I just posted the link for you guys. Yeah, exactly. But um, they talked about it with respect to Spider-Man, and honestly the footage that they're showing looks like the New York that's in Spider-Man. But it seems like you know, the, the end of this Kotaku article says, so yeah, even taking into account how artificial these early looks can be, it looks like no loading times is definitely going to be a PS5 thing. 
So it's cool that they're kind of doubling down on that, showing that off to people. But I also want to know what else is coming out of this meeting that people are attending. So cool that we're getting more PlayStation 5 details. We might only be a couple weeks away for more Xbox 2 details or whatever it's going to be. <laughs> the Xbox 2. <laughs> I you know I know it's not what it's going to be, but I just want to know how dumb they're going to get with it. Like they should Xbox probably just... X. Oh wait, no, they already basically have that. They should okay. just do the Apple thing and call it the new Xbox or the Xbox, and just call it give it you know whatever. I don't know more brand confusion. They can't get weirder than they already have been. But why not Xbox just twenty Y box? The Y box. Yes, completely change your branding <laughs> when you release still your a box. It's just the next <laughs> evolution of letters. It's just because everybody questions, like, why did I buy this? <laughs> <laughs> the Xbox, we'll, the, we'll the keep Microsoft you asking y. why. <laughs> yeah, how about uh, box? X Sphere or something? They can change the shape of it. <laughs> Brian, why aren't you in product development? I I don't know, man. It's going to be the Microsoft X Cloud. It's all going cloud-based. I'm too ahead of my time, or too ahead of the times, you know. Like, in 20 years, you're going to see everything be spherical. (laughs) (laughs) That is that uh, the PlayStation 9 commercial that they put out at the time of the PlayStation 2. It was a little, little crystal ball, so. Yeah. You might be right, Brian. That little crystal ball that you insert into your anus in order to play video game. It's called an anal bead. I guess I never saw the, uh, the whole... The, the extended cut? <laughs> part of a move controller, right? <laughs> oh, man. Anyways. We're going off the rails here. I think it's time to... Yeah, yeah. yeah say I don't say know goodbye. Else, but... You know. I think I think we're all set. It, it's a shorter episode because we didn't play any games. Um, but anyways, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out midwestgamenerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K and Gojo for their contributions as well as our other patrons. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to midwestgamers at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are also Twitch affiliates. Please do use your uh, free Amazon Prime subscription to give us a free subscription. That's free money. Free money. You've already paid for it if you have Prime, uh, and you can give us some of that money uh, for no additional charge. Hey, do that. I got an. I got. Uh, we're gonna have a late late addition to the news real quick because this is amazing. There's a story on Kotaku that says Red Dead Online is filled with massive piles of dead and burned horses. I already saw that. It was a glitch. Yeah, people people were logging in. There's just a bunch of dead, burned horses piled up all over the place. I think they're <laughs> calling it a glitch, but it's actually like, um, it, it's kind of like advertisement for uh, Undead Nightmare Two. Oh, no, that'd be great. Yeah, and the update to the story says Rockstar has confirmed this was an issue and they have now fixed the lack of animals spawning, the dead horses, and other associated bugs. 
They also gave this statement about the situation, quote, the issue affecting some players in Red Dead Online that was causing reduced numbers of animals in session and other knock-on effects has been resolved. But these screenshots are fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> now, I, if I logged on and saw that, I would be fucking terrified. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, yeah. Oh, it's man. more of a feature than a bug, that's for sure. Yeah, I'd be like, what Westworld bullshit are they trying to pull on this? But, yeah. Anyways, uh, that's all for now. We will be back in two weeks with hopefully some more gameplay of some sort. We'll figure it out. Uh, If there's anything you want us to play for you and waste our money on, please do send us feedback at midwestgamers at gmail.com or hit us up on uh, Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever. We're on all of those social media platforms. Uh, Until next time, we will uh, see you then. Peace. I'm uh, ready when you guys are ready. Do I sound okay? I'm using my headset instead of the Yeti. Yeah, you sound good. Okay. How do I sound? You sound good. How does Brian sound? <laughs> Same Do as I all. sound okay? Yeah, you sound good. sound great. Alright, ready? <laughs> yep. Welcome to the Midwest Podcast. Wow. Wow, man. <laughs> I'm tired. Try again. <clears throat>